Today's reading is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 3, verses 21 to 31. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. Because of what law? The law that requires work? No, because of the law that requires faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too. Since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through the same faith. Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. This is the word of the Lord. joyful day. Six degrees this morning. <laughs> it's freezing and actually I'm getting palpitations. Okay, let's pray. Thank you Jesus. Thank you God for this morning. Come Holy Spirit, help us. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. You know, when I was a child, I used to hear my grandfather saying this prayer. I thought he made up. But then later I realized this is in Psalm 1914 because my grandma used to say all the time. I thought, why you made up that thing? But it's there. So I was reading various versions of you know, the reading what we had, and there are various kind of titles, interestingly. One says God's way of accepting people, the way of righteousness, God has set things right, justification by faith, but our title today is Only Grace Saves. So it will summarize all those titles. There are 131 words of grace in the Bible. 124 in the New Testament, Paul is the one who used most of it. It sounds very simple, isn't it? Because he used it all the time. But it's widely misunderstood word 
in Christian world today, grace. See, it appears in the passage that there are two groups of people, believers, whose questions are around saved by law or saved by grace. So Paul is going to prove salvation is only by faith. His emphasis on saved by grace. So what is grace? How does this look like? Grace which comes from the Greek New Testament word charis. God's unmerited favor. God's unmerited favor. In Christian theology, there was a definition I found the free favor of God toward humans, which is necessary for their salvation, and the divine influence operating in individuals for their regeneration and sanctification. So there are two parts I divided to make for me to clear, and I hope you also get it clear. You know, in India, we have 40 minutes to speak. And then in my church, you know, there on the wall, just before 10 minutes, I see red clock ticking. But here it is already ticking. <laughs> so I need to rush, really, to explain to myself and to you. And I hope it makes sense. And the poll, it is the one of the keywords for us, for our title is 24. We are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So grace is what inclines God to give gifts that are free and undeserved by sinners. You know this word undeserved? I was thinking about an incident happened in India. I've been to India and Michael is still there. He's coming on fifth. Um, when we both are traveling by car and then there was a one guy came opposite direction uh, to the traffic and then hit our car and completely front side of our bumper was damaged and then it was a pouring rain and we just parked the car side and then got down and see this guy on the floor and then we see a bleeding he got a big cut and then he was bleeding and he was on a motorbike and barefoot and we realized he was fully drunk and Michael rushed into the hospital next door and then after 45 minutes I went uh, to see what's happening there because he didn't come back. And then he was trying to convince the hospital, this is accident, that's our car, it's okay, no case, nothing, please treat him because this guy is bleeding. This is an emergency, okay? And any accident case is a, is a crime and the police involved in it. So Michael was trying to do that. And meanwhile, I called my friend and to take us home. And then she comes and then she inquires everything. And then she said to me, oh, poor guy, <laughs> can you give him some money to fix his bike? I thought, what on earth? I give anything to this guy. First of all, he was drunk and driving wrong, illegal. And then came in opposite direction, completely damaged our car bumper, which eventually we slammed it. And we couldn't use the car at all. And then we given a treatment, we paid for his treatment. And then I give money for him, his bike to fix. Jewish believers trying to impose the law on Gentile believers. And the hero was Abraham, father of Israel. Jewish people lean on Abraham as they follow onto their Jewish genealogy. Assumption was, if you're a Jew, 
you are okay with God. So they bank their eternity on their Abrahamic ancestry. Not just physically a father, spiritually a prototype of father, those believe in God. So in this equation, every Gentile believer, including me, never enter into eternity. So it's important to Paul to clarify both Jews and Gentiles unto us today. So Ephesians 2 8 says, And for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourself, it is the gift of God. Only faith in Jesus can save us. So there is nothing we have done, nor can ever do to earn this favor. You know, the degrees and our abilities, our talents and our genealogies, popularity, power, any of human credentials won't earn us this grace because it's free. It's a gift from God. So Paul also reminds us the young there is no difference between the Jew and Gentile. No way you and I can boast as about anything other than his grace. That grace is very unconditional, you know, which made God accepted through Jesus. You know, I love this image in my head every time I think about myself, the salvation and, and, the, and how God saved me. And the Father God looking from there to me, and then it became Jesus standing there covering my past, my present, even my future sins, and cleanses with his blood and make a father to accept me as his daughter. Isn't it wonderful, isn't it for us, this unmerited favor, what Jesus has done? That's through Father's free gift. So what do I do with this free gift? Can I feel it? Can I see it? Can I taste it? Or can I share it? You know, the second part of that is talks about regeneration and sanctification. So how does regeneration take place? Of course, I have a free gift from God and I am. And there is a conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. And then he talks about reborn, to be born again or regenerated is to start a new spiritual life. One that is from God rather than from human birth. So once we accept Christ and take in this free gift of grace, and we are just new, like a born baby. So God gives new life by his grace to those who trust him. So there should be change, because I am no more like what I am before, but now I am new, new creation, new, a born again. So we need a growth once you're born, like a baby. But in a spiritual sense, and how do I grow spiritually? So that's where sanctification comes. Because I need to sanctify myself every day. So while we know that our salvation is complete, there are still aspects of our salvation that are being worked out. We are righteous. But we are also becoming righteous. So Paul wanted us to remember that. You know, he began what the work began in us, Holy Spirit God. We continually learning to follow God's ways and discard our sinful nature. 
until we die, we will be sinners, but we are saved sinners. But we need to sanctify ourselves every day in the presence of God. So Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus saying that I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. We be declared holy and now attempt to live holy lives. So as a Christian, we ought to cooperate with God's work in us. I wonder how we cooperate each day with our inability to understand God's plan and purpose in our life. I wonder how Holy Spirit God will be moaning when I say no to things which I'm supposed to be doing yet. Because sanctification is the one work he's continuously doing. I found very interesting writings from Lilia Strotter. She's the one of the missionaries sent to Algeria from England. You know, her work of adversity to hold non-believers captive through their unbelief and his power to keep the life-giving truth from reaching them. You know, she loved Muslims in Algeria. She loved Arabic and she said she pled for Christians to ask God to do a new work among hardbound peoples and generate the fire of the Holy Spirit to melt away. I see barriers and set the host free. I think that's the change happens when you and I accept and take this grace. And we claim we are saved by grace only. And we trust Jesus and allowing his spirit to work in us. Likely us, there is a burning inside of us. That is the regeneration. There is a sanctification every day. We look for it. Because we are holy people. Lies of the enemy makes us to believe wrong things. Increase of worldly desires separate us from God and his purpose in our life. So we have a blessing to count on. And John 1.16 says, Because of all that the Son is, we have been given one blessing after another. You know, I can count every blessing. The first and foremost thing is, God has given me salvation. I am a child of God. And the second, I have food to eat every day. I'm not starving. And the third, I have a shelter to live. Because so many people around the globe, they don't have. And I have a status to live in this country. And I'm not worried. And I work. And I wait for my paycheck at the end of the month. And I have so many blessings to come to on. And every day when we grow up in, with the help of the Holy Spirit, and God wanted us to know His grace is free. You know, I want to close before, um, before closing, I want to share this. You know, in my country, people do extreme things to find God's favor. You wouldn't even imagine what a person, a human can do to find the gospel. You know, one particular tradition, religious tradition, they have a blade in their hands, they beat their chest and then they chop off, you know, the skin with the bare bodies and they bleed and they bleed and bleed and they don't even put any creams or any things to heal. They have a cold shower every day because they need to experience the pain and the suffering. By that they will get the eternity. And in a particular tradition, they they just walk on the barefoot for months and months and months. And they get the blisters in their foot and then they have to experience the pain and suffering to get the eternity. 
That is, men and women and children, they suffer in their bodies because they would like to suffer to get the eternity. Here we are, this God and Jesus' name, and he made us so easy for all of us with his free gift, his grace. And I am so fortunate to be one among them. He's chosen me, and he's chosen you. And today we are, we are fortunate to sit and worship God this morning. Judy was praying about persecuted church. I think it's true. Many people, they can't even find a space to worship God. So can I encourage you today? when we just reflect on past readings. It is His grace we are saved. But when you are counting His blessings, then you know how fortunate we are never to reject His grace. And I want to, I, I want to close with a song with amazing grace. I need to look at my lyrics too. Hopefully you all know that. It's a very old thing because it was written by John Newton. Okay? And he talks about I was a wretch. <laughs> I was lost, but I see. You know, my question for you and me, for all of us today, if you believe that you and I was taking this free gift of grace from God, can you feel it? Can you sense it? Can you taste it? What do we do with this? And I want to join with me for amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Because this summarizes my prayer, my commitment this morning. And if you believe, join with me. And we sing this very old, famous hymn, Amazing Grace. Ah. Uh-huh. 